0: Why, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Hamilton Trained Podcast. I am your host of the day, Jared Hamilton. Thank you once again for having a good old coffee chat with me or whatever the fuck you're doing. Whether you're chilling at Starbucks, giving this a good old listen to, probably not. It's kind of weird. Um, you're probably either, I'm guessing, either just like working out and listening to this maybe driving down the road because you're bored and uh, wanted to pop this on or I don't know maybe you're getting ready for work in the morning or whatever the case is you are listening to this I don't really know um, I would love to know though like when you listen to my podcast it'd be awesome to know that um, anywho we're gonna have a little bit different of an episode today we're gonna have a Q&A so I basically, um, took some of my, I did a big Q and A the other day and I took the top 10 questions from the Q and A, like some of the hot questions, not like the stupid ones. That's like, Oh, are you single? Or, Hey, uh, you know, what's your favorite color? Or, Hey, if you could be an animal, what kind of animal would you be? Like, I want to, I want to keep this a little more tactical. I love those kind of questions. I think they're funny and stuff, but, um, right now for this context, you're coming here for help. And I want to give you actual tactics that you can implement and teachings that you can start right now. That'll change your situation. So let's get right into it. The first one opinions on rest days. This is a really good question actually, because, um, here's the thing. A lot of people feel like they have to work out every fucking day, every single day, seven days a week, no rest, which is dumb because you don't have to. Um, Rest days are awesome because here's the thing you have to understand. It's about this game is about coaxing your body into changing, not beating it into submission till it changes. Does that make sense? So, I would not suggest training every single day and going as hard as you can in the paint, like anything like that. What I would do, you mean ideally on average, a little more, a little less, somewhere around three. I know some people who get away with two days a week, I know some people who work out four or five days a week, but somewhere around. Probably three to four days a week is good to train. So as far as rest days, they're good. And here's the thing, guys: you gotta listen to your body. If you're if you're like feeling like shit and really hurting, take some time off. If you need to, like obviously, don't take that to an extreme. But if you need to take an off day, you know, add even if you need to add more calories back in, eat your maintenance for a couple of days just to recover. That's totally fine. Um, so myself, I've had to actually dial my stuff down a little bit because, uh, a week ago I competed in my first jujitsu tournament and I got the fuck beat out of me and I, it's been almost a week later and I'm still hurting just because like down into my ligaments and tendons hurt like a son of a bitch. So I've had to like dial my workouts down. Um, shoot, even for the first half of the week, I was only doing like cardio. I like cause my body hurt so bad. It wasn't even funny. So Um, rest day wise. Yes, they're important. Have them listen to your body because you can only, uh, you can only change. Like you can only build muscle burn fat to that, which you can recover from no recovery, no change. Number two, how to teach family about healthy eating. This is a slippery slope and a very tricky one. Like whether that family member is a spouse and you're all about weight loss or trying to get healthy and fit, but your spouse isn't. Or maybe you have a brother or sister that, you know, needs to lose some weight or needs to get healthy and you're all about it, but they're not. Or maybe you've got, you know, mom or dad or whatever. Here's the thing. No matter what the family dynamic is, um, it's about the same how you should go about it. Here's the thing. Here's where people go wrong. Most people try to shove it down the family member's throat. You know, let's say you're, you know, let's say you're husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever the fuck they are is not so much into being healthy and eating right and things like that, but you are. Don't be that passive-aggressive spouse or significant other that's, you know, like, while they're smashing Doritos and Oreos, you're, like, trying to eat your organic quinoa, you know, smothered in, you know, grass-fed grass and being all sarcastic and being an asshole about it. Like, don't do that. And don't try to shove it down their throat. Here's the thing. There's two ways, in my opinion, to go about this. And neither of them are forceful. Neither of these things are forceful. There's nothing you can do to change another person, first and foremost. There's nothing you can do to force that person into changing. Because here's the thing. If you do, if you literally drag them to the gym, make them feel guilty, and force your uh, healthy living down their throats, they're actually probably going to run the other way and eventually resent you. Okay? I mean, we see this happen all the time with you know, belief systems and ethics, you'll see this happen with religion. Like you ever see someone who like, like isn't a big person on religion. And then someone else like literally shoves like religion down their throat. And and don't get me wrong. I'm all about like, I'm all about God. I'm a Christian, all that stuff. But I'm not, I still don't like it when people take their belief systems and shove it down other people's throats until they can't fucking breathe. And then that never ends up working well. Or let's say, um, you know, I know I'm not vegan, but I'm, but have we, we've seen all this happen a lot with, um, people who take like veganism or eating like uh, a carnivore style and things like that and getting like battles back and forth. And like the vegan is shoving, you know, their beliefs down the carnivore's mouth and carnivores are shoving their belief systems down the vegan's mouth. And you know what? No one's going to win that. Okay. And I'm not here to say like, eat vegan, eat carnivore. I'm that's not what this is about. I'm telling you, Don't shove your belief systems down someone's throat. So here's the two things that you can do, though. Okay. Education and leadership. First and foremost, you do you. Okay. And if you are any sort of a leader, chances are they will eventually start to gravitate towards what you're doing. Okay. Um, A lot of times if, you know, let's say you're married and your spouse, you know, loves you and enjoys being with you. Like chances are, if that's something you're passionate about, they just the fact that you it's something you love, they might gravitate tor- gravitate towards it because you love it. Like for example, my wife loves fucking Harry Potter and reads the shit out of those books, and I could give two shits about it, but because she loves Harry Potter so much and loves the movies, loves the book and books, and is kind of a Harry Potter nerd, now I naturally want to read those books, and I like I've already started one of them. Just because, not because I'm into like, you know, Hogwarts and sorcerers and that stuff. It's just because that's something she loves and I want to be able to be part of that. And then we could talk about it and, you know, uh, you know, grow a relationship more. And it's just another way I can get closer to her. Think about that with your partner. If it's something that you, if that, that you're crazy about and you're not shoving it down their throat, chances are they're going to eventually, they might gravitate towards it. It may take them a while. It may take them years. But also think of it this way. Let's say you're all about fitness and they're not. When was the last time you showed interest in something they loved that you weren't about? Because as fitness people, it's easy to be like, oh, everyone should love the gym and love eating healthy and, you know, worrying about calories. But the thing is, then the spouse or the partner isn't. But when was the last time, you know, let's say your partner is all about bowling and you could give two shits about bowling. When was the last time you showed some interest in something that they loved? Maybe you should start doing that, really showing things, loving and and caring and being genuine about stuff that interests them. And then just naturally, they'll want to reciprocate. They may want to reciprocate that. So that's the first one, leadership. And you can only do that from the front. Just be naturally, do your thing with how you like to do it. And the spouse very very well might go towards that way. I can't tell you how many many couples I've trained and worked with um, and coached where I started with one. And then eventually the other ones start coming to the gym and doing all this stuff because they've seen that person's life change. They're happier, they're healthier, they feel better. And then the spouse is like, oh, maybe I want to do that. But here's the thing. You can't push it, you can't rush it, and you can't shove it down their fucking throat. Then the other part is education. So that was the leadership. Then we have the education. Now, don't cross the, the threshold and shove it down their throat. But here's the thing. If, if someone doesn't know they might die early, they don't know they're going to die early. If you got someone that's morbidly obese and that is literally a ticking time bomb for a heart attack, but they don't know they're a ticking time bomb for a heart attack, nicely say they're a ticking time bomb for heart for a heart attack. We all know people who went to the doctor and the doctor's like, "Bro, you are not going to live to see your grandkids," and that was enough to change that paradigm and flip that around. So there's an education standpoint. Or a lot of people who I work with, they think that to lose fat and to get healthy. They've got to give up all their foods, go super low calorie diets, do cardio for days and can't have a carb. Well, after talking about it with me for about seven minutes, they'll realize they can eat donuts every fucking day and look good naked. You know, that that's the thing is education is a big part of this. So if, if you know someone that's like that right now, turn them onto my podcast, turn them onto my Instagram, tell them that I'm in a fat loss phase called the daily donut and having a donut every day. So those are the two pieces of that education. In leadership. Okay. I know that one took a little bit longer. Number three, how to figure your macros. So here's the thing. Uh, I think I have another question that leads towards this like calories. Are, so I'm going to take, kill two birds with one stone. Um, the third question is how to figure your macros. Then there's another question t- towards the end. That's, uh, calories or macros. Here's the thing when it comes to calories and macros, they are like one in the same. Because people will be like, oh, Jared, should I do count calories or count macros or, you know, which one should I do or do I do all of them? Here's the thing. Macros equate to calories. Okay. As in your protein or one gram of protein and one gram of carb are both four calories to the gram. And one gram of fat is nine calories to the gram. So if you're eating 200 grams of protein, 300 grams of carbs and 80 grams of fat, do the math. And that will equate to a calorie limit. That's the thing. Even like with my more advanced clients, like a, uh, like a bot, like one of my bodybuilders who things get super tedious. That's how I decide their macros. I base it off their calorie intake. Let's say, you know, my dude, uh, let's say my dude, I don't know, Colin is eating 3000 calories a day. That's my starting point. But let's say, I know he needs to have at least 200, um, 250 grams of protein in a day. Well, 250 times four. And then I subtract that from the three thousand, and that oh, there, there's all this this stuff with it. So here's the thing. Long story short, your macros should add to add up to a calorie intake. But here's the thing. In general, you don't have to worry about getting crazy with macros. This is one of the the places where, you know, someone who just wants to lose some weight or gain some muscle or look a little bit better or feel a little bit better and not go to an extreme makes things too complicated. Because here's the reality of it. If your total calories and protein are equated total calories and protein your carbs and fat ratio is not that relevant like you just want to have both you know don't demonize carbs don't demonize fats but total calories and protein intake need to be equated but then once you have those the carb let the carbs and fats fall wherever they fall just have both of them don't go necessarily high carb and low fat don't go high fat and low carb you know you don't have to have them exactly even but this is one of the areas where you can let this be a little bit more simple okay so how to calculate the calorie part and the protein part. So with calories, there's a couple ways to go about it. Um, And understand everything is an estimation. So it all depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to gain muscle optimally or burn fat optimally. Building muscle, you need to be in a calorie surplus. Uh, Burning fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit. You know, surplus more than what you burn. Deficit taking less than what you burn. Well, here's the thing. The only way to know is to test a calorie limit and, um, adjust from there. But instead of just being all, you know, my fitness pal plugging in, go lucky, do this without changing a thing for another week, track a full day in the life at you for seven full days. Cause here's the problem. People will plug in their numbers to my fitness pal and my fitness pal, you know, spits out whatever it spits out, let's say 1500 calories. But let's say that person, let's say you did that. Let's say you typed in your numbers, your, your, you know, height, weight, age, body fat, all that into my fitness pal. And it spit out you know, if you need to eat 1500 calories to lose weight, but in but like previously you were eating 4000 calories a day, it is not a good idea to go from 4000 to 1500. So to get a baseline and understanding of where you're at, before you do anything, track a full day in the life of you for seven full days, including the weekends, it brings everything to the surface, then change from there. Because chances are, it's more than what you were thinking. So if you're trying to diet, you know, let's say you you add that all up, and you're eating 2700 calories a day, and you're not losing weight, go down to like 2,500 or, you know, that, or the other way for gaining, if you're trying to mean a surplus. So then protein wise, it's a matter of eating about half a gram to a gram per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you know, depending on how much body fat you have, you know, I'd have to know more about you to get this really specific. That's between a to 200 grams a day. Like this is super simple stuff guys. But then from there, It's a matter of adjusting. If you've been eating, you know, eat a calorie limit, see what happens. If you gain weight, it means you're in a surplus. If you lose weight, you're in a deficit. If nothing happens, you're probably at your maintenance. So when it comes to that stuff, just then it's a matter of just adjusting. Okay. Then let the carbs and fats fall wherever they may fall. Next, how to handle cravings. This is a big one. I actually, okay, here's what I want you to do. If you really struggle with cravings, go back and listen to my full episode on cravings. It literally, is t- I can't remember what number it is. It's literally called how to handle cravings, but kind of the cliff notes, the only reason uh, how to handle cravings, have whatever you're craving, but kill it when it's a two out of 10, not a, not a 10 out of 10. Because what happens is too many people, they're like, I'm craving cookies. And then they're like, no, I'm being good. I'm not going to have a cookie. Then they like restrict, 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 restrict. It's like a bow and arrow being pulled back, pulled back, pulled back. And then the day they have a cookie, it's almost at a sexual level and they fucking kill the whole pack. See the issue? When you start to have a mild cookie craving, let's say it's a 2 out of 10, go get a cookie or two. And it killed that. Stopped it. That's it. Because no food is inherently good or inherently bad or fat storing or fat burning or anything like that. You can have anything in moderation. That's how I teach all my clients. Um, Now most people write about now say, oh, Jared. If I have one, I'm going to have more. I'm going to have, like, the whole pack. But here's the thing. The only reason you would do that is for two reasons. Number one, you've been depriving yourself for a long fucking time. Like, you've been depriving yourself for the past few weeks, and you're just like, oh, I just want a fucking cookie. And then you demolish the whole pack like an asshole. Don't, I'm, I promise, no offense, we've all done it. Um, That, or it's because you have that food put on a big, fat fucking pedestal, and, it's, and your relationship with that food is bad. But here's the thing. If you start to work on your food relationships and understand that no food inherently is good or bad or has more benefit or less benefit than others, and you can literally have anything in moderation, you win. And that gets better over time. For example, I'm in my own fat loss phase right now called the daily donut, and I am eating a donut every single day, and I'm down like 15 pounds of fat. And I have a donut. I had two today every single day. Still go out to eat. Still enjoy myself. But I enjoy anything in moderation, especially donuts. So that's the thing. That's how you start to handle cravings. Don't wait till that craving gets a 10 out of 10. Kill it when it's a 2 out of 10. And then you're not going to want to smash a whole fucking box. Okay? Like I said, guys, I got a full episode on that. Just one subject. So scroll back a little bit and listen to that one if you're really struggling. Um, Next, how many carbs while dieting? Well, remember what I said already a little bit earlier? If your total calories and protein are in check let the carbs and fats fall wherever they may be. So that's the thing. If you're in a calorie deficit, have as many calories or have many carbs as your calories will allow. That's it. You can literally have carbs every fucking meal. You could max out your calorie intake with your calorie deficit intake with carbs and you would still lose weight. So as long as you're in a total deficit, have as many carbs as you, it'll allow next. Uh, let's see. Green tea, lemon water, and chia seeds for fat loss question mark. Uh, No. Here's the thing. People put way too much stock and effort and belief in things just like sipping green tea, drinking lemon water, eating chia seeds, um, you know, eating uh, extra cayenne, putting cayenne pepper on shit like all these other like more homeopathic, holistic, you know, herbs and um, um, things like that, like green tea and lemon water. Here's the thing. They're not bad for you. They probably have some health benefits, but here's the thing, it is not going to be a game changer for fat loss, okay, until you rain your fucking calories in, you won't lose an ounce of fat. Everyone's so quick, this is what blows me away, everyone is so quick to hear something on Dr. Oz or Oprah or watch the fucking Facebook about, you know, putting apple cider vinegar and cayenne pepper and turmeric and ginger and green tea and squeezing lemon water into this little power shot that tastes like ass, and eating, and drinking that every day, but they won't fucking, tile their portions down, here's the thing, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what herbs and dirt you eat, you are not going to lose an ounce of fat, until you rain your fucking calories in, okay, I'm not saying that stuff doesn't have health benefits, like green tea is obviously good for you, lemon water is good for you, chia seeds have nutritional con- nutritional value, Um, you know, that all that stuff, but, they're not going to magically make all your fat cells dump out and you're not going to like instantly get abs or a flat stomach or lose stubborn fat. It doesn't work like that. You know, even like, let's, that that's the thing is so many of these things, like let's say even something big, like helping your thyroid, that's a big boy. That's a big boy thing. Like someone who has thyroid problems fixing it, that helps fix the calories outside of things, like calories in, calories out It fixes, helps fix how many calories you're burning. But here's the thing until you rain your portions in, you're not going to outwork a bad diet. People go to the gym every fucking day for hours and are still fat because they didn't rain in their calories. So, if you, if it, it's a thing, is we know people all the time who do that. I'm sure you have somebody's head that you're thinking of right now that lives in the gym but is not changing a bit because they keep eating like an asshole. You can't outwork that shit. So, just because you're adding green tea and lemon water and chia seed, fucking voodoo shots doesn't mean that you're instantly going to be burning calories through the roof or you can keep eating how you're eating. You have to rain your food down. So got a little, little ranty on that one. Uh, next calories or macros. We already talked about that. Ah, here we, this is a good one. Which online calculator is best? Here's a good, this is a really good one. They're all estimations. Every freaking one of them no calorie calculator is perfect and they are all educated guesses. The the If I give you your calorie intake, it's an estimation. It's an educated guess. If you go to MyFitnessPal, lose it, Mike's Macros, um, any other nutrition X, um, you could go to hop inside a $90,000 bod pod at a university and it'll spit out something and tell you. You could do a DEXA scan. You could do all these things. But until you test it, it's purely an educated guess. They're all going to get you roughly in a ballpark, but that's why just everything is based off of um, what your results are saying. You know, let's say you go to Harvard and hop inside, you know, the water submersion body fat, um, the body fat test where it submerges you underwater at Harvard University. Still, you're going to have to test it, and it's going to say, okay, you should burn, let's say, 2,500 calories. But let's say you eat 2,500 calories a day, and you don't lose an ounce of weight. What happens? You eat a little bit less. That was it. Burn a little bit more. That kind of thing. Um, they're all educated guesses. There's estimations. So now you have to actually test and adjust. Test it. Adjust accordingly. Uh, 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 what's next? How to lose a lot of weight. Specifically, this person's asking 60 kilos or 120 pounds. Here's the thing. Losing a lot of weight is the exact same as losing a little bit of weight. It's just going to take longer. The same stuff you do for losing five pounds, things like prioritize whole foods, prioritize protein, prioritize strength training, eating a total calorie deficit. Like, that's the same thing what you do if you want to lose five or 10 pounds. It's also what you do if you want to lose 120 pounds. Okay. But here's the thing. It's just going to take longer. You're going to have more adjustments. That's going to be need made. You're going to be tested a hell of a lot more. And it's going to be hard or just because it's a lot of weight to lose. Not going to lie. Don't mean I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm just giving you a heads up of if you have a lot of weight to lose, you got a long road ahead. You know, it's like imagine building a house and you don't even have the foundation laid. Like, don't get me wrong. The house is going to be immaculate. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be awesome. But it's going to take a while. Just because you're at stage one and you have a lot of stages to go through, and which is fine. And I'm super pumped that this person's asking this because that means they give a shit. I love that. These are my favorite kind of people to work with, by the way. People who just have a lot of weight to lose, don't know where to start, and want to get after it. That's my fav- One, some of my favorite kind of people to work with as a coach. Um, So if that person's listening, or if that's you, shoot me a message and we should talk. But um, that's the thing. It's just a matter of being patient. And being super consistent. Don't go to extremes. Keep doing what you know you should do. Mild calorie deficit. Prioritize um, whole foods and strength training and protein and things like that. Don't fall for the hype because everybody and their brother is going to be like, oh, you should do keto. You should, you know, join CrossFit. You should do all this. You should do all that. You should take this weird ginger, apple cider, vinegar, chia seed, lemon, cayenne pepper shot. Fucking bullshit. Don't do any of that. One of the best, honest to God, and it's not just because I am one, not a God, a coach. I stopped that early. Honest to God, if one of the best things you could do is work with a coach, a really good coach that knows what they're doing, that understands this process. Because I'm telling you, if you, especially if you have a lot of weight to lose, it's, it's going to be, a, like I said, a long road ahead. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, a lot of guesses, a lot of um, questioning yourself, a lot of wondering, hoping, and praying, and a lot of, um, you know, adjustments which is awesome. This is the fun part. This is the chess game. This is the journey, the adventure side of it. But one of the best things you could do is have a coach there holding your hand through the whole thing, supporting you, um, encouraging you and giving you the exact blueprint to get where you need to go. That's exactly what I do with all my online coaching clients, guys, is I give an exact blueprint of what they're to do. And that's what most people need um, and to be actually coached. Okay. Whether I'm and I'm not just saying for that because that's what I am as a coach. Um, whether that's me or not me, there's a lot of amazing coaches out there. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and talk shit about every coach. That's that's stupid. There are a lot of fucking amazing coaches out there. So whether you know someone joins my program or someone else's, but I'm telling you, a coach can help a lot as long as they they know what they're doing and actually give a shit. Next, uh, I think it's the last one. Yeah, do protein shakes. Make you fat. You know what? I haven't been asked this one in a minute, but a couple times here lately I've been asked that one. Um, did my, No, my mic's still on. My thing fell over and I thought my mic went off. Anyway, do protein shakes make you fat or gain weight? Short answer, no. I don't know who started this one. Here's the thing. One scoop of protein powder is like one chicken breast. Think of it that way. One scoop of protein powder is like one chicken breast. It's not inherently... Makes you gain weight doesn't inherently make you lose weight. It is just protein. Here's the thing: if you're trying to lose weight and and don't care for meat and have a hard time getting your protein intake high, protein shakes are fucking amazing because you've got like uh, uh, like twenty or thirty grams of protein in a hundred twenty calorie scoop, and it tastes like chocolate milk. Like it, it, it's super convenient. It, it, that, that's the thing: is no matter what your goal is, you can always make something like that work. But as a whole, I mean, in general, I'm a fan of eating the vast majority of what you eat from whole foods, but there's nothing wrong with supplementing with a protein shake. They're not like going to make you fat or instantly make you look like Arnold. That's people who say that are uneducated and don't know what they're talking about. So when it comes to that, that's kind of how that works. So, um, all right, well, it looks like that is the end of my list of questions. So Thank you once again, guys, for tuning in to today's episode of the Hamilton Train Podcast. It's been a whopping almost half hour. Wow, that's awesome. Um, that's the thing, guys. Like, the fact that you literally sat here and listened to me talk for almost a fucking half hour means a great deal to me. Like, honestly, it means a ton. Um, I'm super fortunate and honored that you're willing to do that. And it means a ton. And I thank you very much for that. Um, If you guys ever need anything, I'm always here. Never hesitate to shoot me an email or to, you know, hit me up on, you know, Instagram or, you know, anything like that. Um, For those of you who don't know, if you're new to listening, I do have a uh, free fat loss mini course over at the link in my Instagram bio right now. It's uh, it's called the fat loss master plan. It's a beautiful five day course that gives you a whole rundown A to Z on what you need to do to have long-term successful sustainable fat loss without your life sucking. I'm talking about everything from like some of the stuff we've talked about already, calories, macros, you know, eating a donut every day. Um, all this sort of stuff, everything, um, all, everything you need to know to be able to be successful with this for the long term. So if you'd like that, like I said, it's over in my Instagram bio um, and my Twitter bio, by the way, at Hamilton trained, I'm just, I'm, I'm, getting back in, I haven't really messed with Twitter in fucking years. Like my, like I don't have hardly any following over there. So I'm going to try that and see, um, start messing around on Twitter a little bit. So if you're on Twitter, hit me up at Hamilton trained. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, thanks again for tuning in. I love you. Talk to you later.